may I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The coming of Christ. We are on the verge of the Advent season and the change of the year in the church calendar in both the daily office and the lectionary. We are in the place of change, and it's and we see this change all around us in the fall weather. Leaves have changed colors and mostly dropped from trees. We have some blustery days, and with the time change last week, we are more conscious of the darkness of the season. The calendar also highlights this change. Recently, we have celebrated Halloween, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day, a three-day cycle that is often described as a thin place, a place where the now and the not yet are most transparent to one another. This transparency may show us that we are with those who have died, and they are with us. We are all journeying together. Cynthia Bolcheralt, a modern-day mystic and Episcopal priest, in her essay, Fall Triduum, articulately speaks of our place in the calendar. This term, Triduum, may be familiar to us as associated with Easter. The Triduum of Easter refers to the great three days, beginning Monday, Thursday, through Easter Sunday, days of reflection, prayer, preparation. Pogerault says, Fall offers us a Triduum in these in those three great days, encompassing Halloween, All Saints' Day, and All Souls' Day. They do, in fact, comprise their own sacred passage, which is not only authentic in and of itself, but also a powerful mirror image of the energy flowing through the spring triduum. Both spring and fall triduums deal with that passage from death to life, which is at the heart of Christian mystical, is at the heart of the Christian mystical path but they do so in very different modes, with a very different emotional and spiritual coloration. At Easter, the days are lengthening. The earth is springing forth with new life. In the fall triduum, the movement is more inward, against the grain. The days are shortening. The leaves are falling. The earth once again draws in to itself. Everything in the natural world confronts us with reminders of our own mortality. The scripture readings as the time just before Advent approaches, are more and more preoccupied with the end, not only personally, but cosmically. The last coming, the end of time, in this dark and inward season, there is little that encourages us to somersault over death right into resurrection. We must linger in the dark, allowing the dawning recognition of how fragile we are. Baudrillard speaks of this fall triduum as a sacred passage connecting Halloween with the masks of the false self, All Souls' Day with grief or loss, I'm sorry, excuse me, All Saints' Day with awareness of living as eternal beings, and All Souls' Day with grief of loss both in our persons as we may say goodbye to things as we change and experience transformation, but also through grief of separation from others through death. Our readings today speak into all three aspects of fall triduum. In our epistle and gospel reading, we are confronted with the question, what does it mean for us in our daily lives that Christ is coming back? This was illustrated to me quite pointedly several years ago. I was on a, tr a retreat with college students in New Hampshire, and we'd taken a few small boats to an island for evening prayers. As we returned to the main camp, quite suddenly, the northern lights appeared in the night sky. It was majestic. 
It looked like a shimmering rainbow standing straight up in the sky. I had never seen anything like it. We were a little south for such an encounter, and the students in my boat, upon seeing the northern lights, responded with a bit of anxiety and fear and began asking me questions. And I decided to have a little fun with it. They started with, what is happening? To, is Jesus coming back? Is Jesus coming back right now? And I answered, I'm not sure. I guess we'll know in a minute. (laughs) The boat went silent. But as we got slower to the main camp, the spell was broken as other staff radioed me. Do you see the northern lights? Isn't it amazing? The takeaway for me was seeing the encounter with the return of Christ and these students. Its immediacy immediacy shocked, silenced, and provoked fear in them. Perhaps awareness of Christ's return fills us with fear or hope or excitement or curiosity or confusion. In the first Thessalonians text, Paul is specifically addressing two issues. What happens to those we have lost? And how do we orient ourselves toward death? Paul speaks assurance and hope. Those who have died continue with Christ. We are all eternal beings. And death, though a great separation we experience in the now, is merely a transition which we all will make. And we all will be united, not only face-to-face with God, but with one another. In our Christian spirituality, we can be assured of that. We can hope for that. We can rest in that. Matthew further informs our confrontation with Christ's return through the parable of the ten bridesmaids. The themes contrasted our wisdom and foolishness. If we believe that Christ is returning, or prior to that in our own death, we will meet God, Christ. It affects how we live our lives. We are eternal beings who are, through wisdom, cultivating a life to take with us into eternity, into God's presence. The semantics of wise and foolish can simply but profoundly inform us. Wisdom implies an intentionality to life, perhaps a skillfulness to approaching life according to values or priorities. For us as Christians, it is living into our relationship with God with an awareness of Christ's return and an awareness of our own eternality. When we consider those things that will last for eternity and can be in God's presence in contrast to those that will not, it influences our choices and behavior. For example, will violence be in heaven? No. So we ought not be violent or accept violence as a means of conflict resolution. Will there be deceit in heaven? No. So we ought, we ought to tell the truth as we relate to others, and so on. Wisdom is living in the ought of the Christian life. We know what we ought to do, what we ought to be. That, in simplicity, is wisdom. Foolish is the opposite. With foolishness, there is not skill nor intentionality. It is not life formed by the ought, not intentional, not skillful. It shows itself as inert toward life. Both of these passages draw out several observable realities. We are a people of continuity. We will experience physical death, but we will live forever. We will journey, and sometimes that will be with questions and sometimes with darkness in this life. We journey together. We are a people of relationship and community now and for all eternity. We journey in the presence of God. God is with us now and forever. 
As we journey, we wisely prepare to spend eternity with God in one another. In these last three Sundays before Advent, let us consider a continuity of Beaujolais' fall triduum, a time of reflection, prayer, and preparation. If we do that, we may encounter our own masks of Halloween, our false selves. We may crystallize our convictions as living for all eternity. And we may find courage to grieve separations we may have currently from God, self, or others. All of this may show us places of wisdom and places of foolishness in our lifestyles. This intentionality, as we end the church year, may put us in a wonderful place to prepare for the coming of the Lord in the Advent season. Amen.